Romans 3. Let's start in verse 21. It says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus unto all and upon all them that believe, for there's no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What he's saying, there's no difference between the Jew, Greek, Gentile. It don't make no difference. Uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what was God's purpose for all of us? Glory. That's the end result is glory. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, uh, J.B. Phillips says, All have sinned and missed the beauty of God, God's plans. Fenton says, All have sinned and are in need of rectification. means setting things right again. Setting us back into God's plan. So God's plan was for us was what? Glory. So God's been working in us to get us back to that plan he has. You know that in Ecclesiastes 3.11, in the Amplified, it says, God has set eternity in the heart of every man, a divinely implanted sense of purpose which nothing under the sun but God can satisfy. How many of you know that's true? And he's put it in every man. I believe in every animal. Everything in his kingdom has that. Even all creation is crying out for God's plans. How about that? Even the rocks will cry out. See, there's a lot of things going on we don't see. We've been so self-centered, you know, it's all about me. I mean, if you know, it really isn't all about us. I think it's about him and what he purposed for us before the foundation of the world. 1 Corinthians one thirty says, but of God, of him, are you in Christ Jesus? How did you get in Christ? Of him. It was his idea. I'm found of them that sought me not. I want you to know this whole thing's his idea. We didn't have nothing to do with it. And he says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Like Steve well, go said when he was talking to the Corinthians, what is it that you've received, that you have, that you didn't receive? And if you received it, why are you boasting as if you earned it? Right? And he says, you're reigning like kings and princes. He says, I wish you were kings and princes. I'd, re- I'd reign with you. But what he's trying to say is everything we have is of him. And it comes from him. And it goes to him. God is a God, and he is setting us right. But you know what? We can still look at all that God has done in our life as only for me and not for him. See, it's for him. See, we get so self-centered, all we can see is what he's done for me. Thank you, Lord. It's all about me. You know what? It's a little bigger than that. We're in it, all right. Look, uh, Isaiah 43. Let's look at Isaiah 43. I'm not going to finish this today, so I'm not going to try to. And we'll finish it next week. But I want us to look at Isaiah 43. Oh, it's good. God has created us for something, hasn't he? Isaiah 43. Let's just start reading in verse 1. I like this chapter. But now thus saith the Lord that created you, O Jacob. Who created him? God did. That formed you? God did. Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. How many have been redeemed? What does he say? I've redeemed you. What does that mean? I purchased you. I bought you back. I have called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, you'll not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. Neither shall the flames kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. 
thy Savior. Wow. I gave Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopian sea before you. Since you were precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring your seed from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Why were we created? For his glory. You know when he said, bring your sons and your daughters? You know we're all born into this world of Adam. But he said, bring your daughters and your sons. Bring all of you back and I'm going to recreate you for my glory. For your mind. See, it's not about the old, it's about the new. I have created you for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, the deaf that have ears. Let all nations be gathered together. Let the people be assembled. Who among you can declare this and show the former things? Let them bring their witness that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants, whom I have chosen. Who's chosen? He did. That ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. And before me there was no God. Period. Form thee, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Does that settle it? There is no Savior. And he says, I have declared and have saved. I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he. Before anything that was created, he says, I am he. That's pretty good. Wow. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who shall let it? Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes I have sent Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and their Chaldeans whose cries in the ships. I am the Lord your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariots and the, and the horse, the army and the power that shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Now remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. What is he saying here? This takes you directly to Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen, where it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things will become new. He says, remember ye not the former things, your old life. And he says, I do a new thing. He says, behold, I will make a new thing. And that's the second Corinthians right there. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it? I'll even make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. What is it in the way of the wilderness? In the wilderness, there's not a way. He makes paths in the wilderness where is there no paths. And he will make a rivers in deserts where there is no river. I mean, the beast of the field shall honor me. The dragons, the owls, what's he saying? All creation is going to honor me. Why? He says, because, he says, they, they will honor me. I give them water in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert and drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. Who formed us? He did. And they will show forth my what? My praise. 
But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. Thou hast not, and you have wearied me, O Israel. You have brought me no small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither has you honored me with your sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Do you know God put that in for them to do that? But he didn't really care about that. He just wanted them. You understand that today? He's still not very interested in our sacrifices that comes from the old man, the old flesh. It says, You brought me no sweet cane with money, neither have you filled me with the fat of sacrifices. But you've made me to serve with your sins. What have you done? You've made me to serve with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. Now look at verse 25. I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my sake and will not remember your sins. Now, who's he done all this for? For his sake. Why did he save us? Why did he redeem us? Why did he forgive us of our sins and our iniquities? For his sake. Why is it all about us? I have created you for my glory. And I've done this for my sake, and I'm not going to remember your sins and your iniquities. That's what it says in Hebrews 8. He says, your sins and your iniquities will I remember what? No more. Put me in remembrance. Let's plead together, declares the Lord, that you may be justified. Says, your first father has sinned, and your teachers have transgressed against me. Uh-huh. Amen. Oh, man. Therefore have I profaned the princesses of the sanctuary, and gave Jacob to the curse, and Israel to reproaches. But he goes on and says, now hear what I've got to say. So, you know, in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, it says this. The love of God is shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we know this one thing, that if one man died for all, then all died. And they all died so that they should no longer live for themselves, but for him that died for them and rose again. It says, therefore, we know no man after the flesh, though we've known Christ after the flesh, yet no more. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he gets a fresh start. He is created new. Remember you not the former things, neither the things of old. I do a new thing. See, what would happen if we totally just quit concentrating on the old and just concentrated on the new? On life. He is our life, the scripture says. And rose again. From now on, we live for his purpose, not our own. We, we, We talked about that this morning. You know, I'm not my own. Your scripture says real clear, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. He owns this body. He owns this temple. Why? It's a temple for the Holy Ghost. It's not our own anymore. We've been bought with a price. And what were we bought with a price for? I've created you for what? My glory. He wants his glory to shine through us. So how's all that work? That's, that's what we're going to look at here. You know, one of these days, it's, it's all going to be over. Our Father has purposed that all things be centered in His Son. And the Son, in turn, dedicates Himself to reveal and to glorify the Father. He came, what? To glorify the Father. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. What? To glorify the Father. So we're here to glorify the Father. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty four says, Then comes the end when, when Jesus shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. See, that's what, he's, that's what he's doing. What was the secret of Paul's life and ministry? 2 Corinthians 5.13, he says this, For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. And whether we be sober, it's for your cause. Paul was saying, whatever we do is for God and for you. 
he realized it wasn't about him. It's whatever we do, it's for God, and it's for you. Paul had been delivered from self-centeredness of his old man to live for God and for others. You know, what did, what did Paul say? I've made myself a servant to all that I might win them. And even as I, what? Look to every man's thing, not my own. See, he was totally focused on new creation thinking. That was what he did. Paul had his eyes on the many-membered body of Christ. Whereof I was made a minister according to the dispensation which God had given me to fulfill his word or accomplish his intentions. Now, I want us to look at Colossians for a second. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 24 says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh, for his body's sake, which is the church. See, that was his focus was on the church. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given me for you to fulfill the word of God. It was given to him for himself or for who? For you. All right? What has God given us? Is there anything God has given us for ourselves? No, no, it's for others. Every gift you have, everything you do is not given to you. It's given for you to give to somebody else. God has something for you, all right, but it's not going to come through you. It's going to come from somebody else because that's the way a body works. Every member does that and, and supplies according to its, its need. So we see that that's, that was his purpose. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages. What, Pam? Mystery. You still working on mystery? Okay. It's good says, to whom the mystery which hath been hid from ages, from whom generation, but now is made manifest to his saints. When is it made manifest? It was made manifest then. All right? To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory. What is the what? You mean there's riches in glory? Not only are we to come to that glory, and he's created us for that glory, we've got to know what the riches of that glory involves. And let's keep reading so we'll know what that is. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul was praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so you would not know the riches that's in Christ. The riches of that glory that God has prepared in Christ. See, that glory is Christ. Christ is the glory. If you're always wondering what is glory, just get it settled. Christ is the glory. And all the riches that we have in that glory is in him. Because in him dwells all the what? Fullness of the Godhead body. And ye are what? Complete in him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's start in verse 5. For unto, unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come where we speak. But one in a certain place testifying, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with what? Glory and honor. And did him set them over the works of your hands. What? What have you been crowned with? Glory and honor. Okay. You say, oh, well, that's Christ. Yeah, but just hang on. And he says, you have put all things in subjection under his feet. 
For in that he hath put in subjection under his feet, there's nothing left that is not put under him. But now we see not yet everything put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste of death for what? Every man. For it became him, of whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. What's the purpose? To bring many sons and daughters to what? Glory. What? Many sons and daughters. What is his purpose? All have sinned and come short of the what? So what's his purpose? To bring many sons and daughters back to that glory. And to know the fullness and the riches of that glory. We're not here just to bide time. We are here to be filled up with the glory of Christ. Now, Christ is the glory. We're going to get into that later. It says, and we see, but look with me. Let's don't get real religious here. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one. Now, wait a minute. He that sanctified me and me that sanctified are one. Can you separate me from Christ? Is Christ divided? So, when you see me, who do you see? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Right? Now, 1 John 4, 17 says what? As he is, so are we now in this present world. What is that all about? See, he's put himself in his body here. We're part of that body. When you see him, you see me. When you see me, you see him. See what Jesus say? Why did he get crucified? Basically, they crucified him because he said he was the son of God. They didn't like the fact that he said he was the son of God. Right? But he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And whatever I say, the Father says. And then he says, whoever rejects you, they don't reject you. They reject me. And whoever rejects me, rejects him that sent me. Do you get the picture? Now, when Paul was on the road to, and he got struck down by lightning on the road and he hit the ground, Jesus said something really strange to him. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, was he persecuting Christ? No. Who was he persecuting? His body. He took it personally. Why are you persecuting me? See, it's hard to kick against the pricks when you're laying on your back, isn't it, Paul? Especially when you're blind. See, I want you to see something. Let's don't put glory, let's don't put all the stuff that he paid for and who he is off somewhere someday. It's for now. His glory is not for someday. His glory is for now. And you know, it says, The knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. What is that? The knowledge of Christ and his fullness and all he's done for us to make us who, he, who we are is going to cover the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. For witness and then the end comes. Are you with me? You know, when I was thinking about Moses, you know, when Moses said to God, he said, God, show me your glory. He said, if you don't go in, we don't want to go. He said, show me your glory. And God said to him, you can't see my glory and stand it. But he said, I'm going to just place you by a little place in the rock and I'm going to pass by 
And I'm going to put my hands on you when I got by so you can uh, stand it. But after I go by, I'll release my hands. And you'll see my backside. And that's what he did. He just let him see a part of that glory. See, and he t- what did he say about the glory? The goodness, long-suffering, all the things. All the things Christ is is what his glory is. You remember when he said in uh, John chapter 1, it says what? Let's just look at that whole chapter, John chapter 1. See, that's about his glory. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with, with God. All things were made by him, the Word, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, Zoe life. And the life was the what? What is our light? It's that life, is that Zoe life that he's put within us. It's not death. How many of you now is beginning to see something? When you start hearing things, you either hear life or you hear death. Jesus has the words of what? Life. There is a word of death. Amen. And there is a word of life. And he says, the life is the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. How many of you know the darkness don't like it? What did Jesus say? He came to the world. Men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And they didn't come to the light lest their deeds be made manifest. But he says, it shines in darkness, and darkened comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of what? The light, the glory, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that life. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. How were they born? Of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. We beheld his glory, they said, full of grace and truth. So what is his glory? Grace and truth. His grace and his truth is manifested in that glory. The glory, grace, and truth together produces. That's what Jesus was. And you see it. You know, I, I think of that a lot when I think of this Isaiah 40. When God said, you know, what ago we read in Isaiah 43 when he said, uh, I'm going to do this for my sake. In Isaiah, yeah, I'm in the wrong book. In Isaiah chapter 40, this is where God said, you know, I think I've had enough of this. I'm ready to make a change. In Isaiah 40, verse 1, he says, Comfort ye, my people, says your God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received the Lord's hand double for her sins. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare the way. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. And he says, Make straight in the desert a highway for God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. Have you ever seen a verse that more describes the new man? It doesn't matter whether you're filled up with pride or you're down here in rejection. It doesn't matter if you're all twisted up with all kinds of messed up junk. The minute the new creation comes in, it levels out every bit of it. 
Why? There's no place to glory and there's no place to sit down there and feel sorry for yourself. It it takes care of all that. And then what does it say, verse 5? And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is what I just read here. They beheld his glory. What? Full of grace and truth. Right? All right. Back to John here. Verse uh, Isaiah 46. And John said, what shall I cry? Now listen, all flesh is as grass, and the goodliness thereof as the flowers of the field. You're going to see that several times in the New Testament. What he's saying, up to this point, it's all been based on you and your works. And all flesh is just like the grass, right? And the goodliness of it as the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the Spirit of the Lord blows upon it. Sure, the, the, the people is grass, and the grass withers, the flower fades, because the word of our God shall stand forever. The best you got to offer is only like a flower that's here for a little while. What's he saying? It's time for something new. It ain't based on what you do anymore, because I'm going to forgive your iniquities and your sins, and I'm going to make you sons and daughters full of his glory. What? To fill the earth with what he's done in you. The only way all of these things can be accomplished is what? In the new creation. Amen? Can you see that? And he said that I will, I have created you for my glory. Now, Isaiah chapter 29. If, if he's created this, I want to I go to Isaiah 29 and look at something right quick. Verse 22, Therefore thus saith the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, and Jacob shall not be ashamed, neither shall his face wax pale. But when he seeth his children, the works of my hands, the works of whose hands? Mine. In the midst of him, they will sanctify my name. They will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and fear before the God of Israel. They that also erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they shall murmur and shall shall learn doctrine. They that murmur shall learn doctrine. See, it's God's work. He's the one that's doing it in us. You know, what did he say? It's his work. It's his work. And you remember in John chapter 3, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom. You know, Nicodemus was wanting to know about all this stuff. And he says, Nicodemus, you have to start by a new birth. Except you're born of a new spirit, you cannot see anything. Except you're born of the water and the spirit, you can't enter. See, it's an old ending and a new coming. Everything we have is about the new creation. It's about what we have in him, and the glory is all about that. That's why he says, and even in in Ephesians, I'm going to look at Ephesians 2 here. Ephesians 2.10. Oh. It's not the right one. Ephesians 2. Let's start in, uh, see, where do I want to start? Let's start in verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That you what? Were dead? Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Can you see the old? And among whom we all had our conversations in times past, past, in the lust of the flesh, the diseased condition of the old soul, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. Why? You're born into it. 
You didn't have a choice. But God, say, but God. He had another plan. I've created you for my glory. And he says, who is rich, all the riches of his glory, who is rich in mercy, and for his great love, where he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. What is that word quickened? Who can tell me? Made alive. Even when you were dead in your sins, even in that state, he quickened you and made you alive. Now you tell me you had anything to do with that. Even when you were dead in your sins, he quickened you and made you alive. Oh, man. With Christ, by grace you're saved. And hath what? Raised us up. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That what? For what purpose? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created. What is that word created? He created us to do good works. He created us to what? What he said? I created you for my what? For my glory. Created in Christ Jesus. To do good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in. Wherefore remember that ye being in times past in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision. In the flesh made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers from the covenant of the promise having no hope and without God. But now in Christ Jesus you who were sometimes afar off are made near by the blood of God. Of Christ, For he is our peace. What is he? He is our peace. New creation. And hath made both one and broken down the middle water partition. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Even the law and the commandments tamed in the scriptures. To make in himself one twain what? <sighs> new man. And who is this new man? It's called the body of Christ. And we're new creations. Old things passed away. All things have become new. That he might reconcile. What does reconciliation mean? Exchange. Both unto God into one body by the Christ. Having slain the enemy there, enmity thereby. And came to preach peace to you who were far off. And to them were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit into the Father. Now therefore you're no more strangers and fellow, fellow citizens and foreigners. You're no more. Why did we miss that so many years? In every book it always talks about who you were. But now who you were. While you were dead, now you're alive. See how the new and the old has always been right there so clear? And he says, for this cause... Well, where did I get to? 19. Now, therefore, you're no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows up in the holy temple of the Lord, in whom you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. What's the foundation of the apostles and prophets supposed to be laying today, Ross? What Christ has done. It's not about authority in the church. It has nothing to do with authority in the church. It has everything to do with laying the right foundation of what Christ has done for us to take us from the old into the new. Right? 
to be a new creation. It all has to do with the riches of the glory that's in him and what that riches is for us. See? And that's what the Holy Spirit's come to lead and guide us into everything he has for us. Right? 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, The Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. Freedom. Liberty. But we all, with an open face, beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord. What are we beholding? The glory of the Lord. What is happening to us? Are being exchanged. Exchange is that word, if you want to look it up. Into what kind of image? The same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. What is the Holy Spirit building within us? The same glory that was in Christ. That same glory. Now, since I'm here, I want to show you something. This is probably for next week's, but I want to show you something here. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Let's start in verse 1, 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, we have this ministry as we have received mercy. We faint not, but have renounced to hidden things of dishonesty, walking in craftiness, handing the word of God deceitfulness. But by manifesting of the truth, commend ourselves to every man's conscience and sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, what is the gospel? Isaiah 53, the good news is the gospel. To them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the what? Mind, the these condition of the old soul. Of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. What is Satan trying to do? Keep you from seeing the glorious image that God has put in his Son, so it won't shine to you. And that's not just talking about totally lost. It's talking about those that are half lost. It says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Did that what Christ did? Who he is, the light. And he says, has shined in our hearts. Has shined where? In our hearts. Why? He give us a new heart. And he says, to give light, the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. I'll give you a heart to know me, to give you the light of the knowledge of the glory. How many of you is ready for the knowledge of the glory? I mean, I've sat and looked at that for years. Expect the glory. All right. Receive the glory. All right. That sounds good. God, I want the glory. What's the glory? Are you with me? Is anybody else but me sat and looked at those signs for all these years and wondered what the glory was? All I ever heard, when the glory of God shows up, everybody's on the floor because you can't stand the presence. That's what happened in the Old Testament. The priest could not minister because the glory filled the temple. And there's all slain in the spirit and laying on the floor. And that glory means weighty, it means heavy, it means honor, it means respect. See, he wants to fill you with honor and respect of his presence. Because you're a representative of who? Of him. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Has shined in our hearts to give us the knowledge of that glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So where are you going to get the glory in the face of Jesus Christ? So the Holy Spirit is in the process of setting that mirror before you so you can see that glory, so he can work in us, so he can transform us into that same degree of glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
What he's trying to do is what? Romans 8 says what? For us to be conformed to the very image of his son. And that's the body of Christ. He's the head. The glorious image from glory to glory. So why do you think Satan is fighting so hard? If you can just stay on with this sin yourself that someday when you get to heaven, you'll have all this stuff. You're absolutely doing him no damage while he's here. But if you ever start seeing who the glory is and you see that glory that God has for you now. And, and see, I want to tell you something. I believe that Satan talked to Jesus from a respectable distance. I don't think he liked being around because I ain't got to that scripture maybe next week, but it says they're going to fear your glory from the far off. They're going to fear your glory. And I believe Satan fears his glory. I know he does. And so that's why he don't want you to realize who you are. If he can get you continue to stay in who you were, you're no danger because you're his. But you start acting like you're not his and you're somebody else's, he fears that glory that God's putting in you. And you don't have to worry about Satan after then. He'll do the separating from you. You don't have to worry about it. He'll begin to speak to you from a respectable distance. But if he can keep you blinded to that light that's of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But then he said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of this may of God and not of us. See, it ain't about us. It's about what he's done to put it in us. So we're troubled on every side, distressed, but not perplexed, and despair, persecuted, not forsaken, and not cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the Zoe, life of Christ, about me manifest in our bodies, for which we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. What is he saying? That this very life, this Zoe, this glory of God may be manifest where? You remember in the book of Acts when they were stoning Stephen and they saw the glory resting upon him? It scared the hell out of them. It did. It literally scared them when they saw the glory resting upon him. Now you talk about in Moses' day, it says when he came down off that hill, that glory was on him so strong, the people said, put something over your head, we can't stand it. But I want to tell you, we have something a lot more glorious than what Moses had. We got a we got a covenant that's a whole lot better than the glory Moses had, because it's not based on what we do; it's based on what he did. And so he wants us to rise up. This is a time for us to rise up and see. And the enemy hates you hearing this message. I'm telling you, you got to get it. You got to start seeing yourself in the light of what he's done for you and who you are. Because he has made us what half conquerors. More than conquerors through him that loved us. And he says what? I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. But as long as you are still thinking with your old head that that nothing is something to you. You got to get out of that and and make the exchange and walk in the spirit and, and Not let the devil have any more foothold. So I'm going to finish this message next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father, that truly you said that the knowledge of the glory of God or the glory of Christ will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. 
Lord, I ask you to help us all be a part of making that glory to be made known all over the world. And that glory is your son. And we thank you, Lord. And I pray once again, like Paul prayed, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so we might know what is the riches of this glory, the fullness of this, of this glory, that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Lord, we thank you for it because, Lord, your desire is that that glory shine through the whole earth. And, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's hard to quit because I sure would like to get into Isaiah 59, Isaiah 60, and all this other good stuff, but we'll hold it till next week. All right, you're dismissed.